Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. Once again, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. And if you're listening at this time, you know what time it is. This is The Master Plan. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again like I always repeat it. 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT, The Master, and that is me. Okay. Week one is in the books. Week two of fantasy football is already started with the last uh, Thursday night game with uh, the Denver Broncos and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people wearing the Kansas City excuse me excuse me Kansas City Chiefs bandwagon and were greatly thinking that they were seeing before this last Thursday game the demise of Peyton Manning. Little did they know, the all-pro, Mr. Pro, um, future Hall of Fame quarterback, still has something left in the tank and uh, um, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I should say the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously. All right, like I said, week one's in the books. Uh, We had some duds and buds that... uh, um, that I had named out to uh, in the last week. Sorry for those duds. Um, you thank you, you. You're welcome for the buds, uh, Carlos. Hyde, I didn't didn't uh, uh, know what to expect. Um, I kind of downplayed it, and uh, I was sadly mistaken on that. That was a guffaw on my part, big time. Uh, another one was uh, Tyler Eifert. Uh, I thought he would play well. I didn't figure he would play that well. And uh, but I got a couple things, couple guys right. And I got Wright, uh, Kendall Wright, and Delaney Walker. Uh, Mr. Marcus Mariota looks like he may be the real deal. Uh, we'll get into that when that game matchup comes up. Uh, what I think of him and, and uh, uh, the uh, prospects of his uh, teammates. Um, what else can I think about here? Uh, we had a uh, receiver go down. Uh, possibility he may play. 
Uh, it's still up more like a game time decision, unfortunately, is on Monday. And we'll talk about that also. Um, we had a rookie that uh, out of the, out of the uh, Windy City, um, not Windy City, but out, out of um, the uh, uh, Detroit area, played well. I thought he would, but uh, I didn't think he uh, – uh, he played in both facets of the game, running game and a uh, passing game. He was uh, a, a dual threat. I always like dual threat quarter, quarterback – I mean running backs. Um, I like the uh, quarterback that I had talked about out of uh, uh, Buffalo. Uh, he didn't throw for over 200 yards, but he did not turn over the ball, was very efficient on what he did. I'm talking about Tyra Taylor, uh, my namesake, he, no relation. Um, and uh, But he played well, and uh, I expect that uh, to happen again, uh, and we'll get into that game also. Uh, James Jones, uh, I said to, 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 to grab him, and I did say not to play him. Uh, some people probably play him, which is a, which is good on their their part. Of course, he came and showed out with a couple touchdowns like he never left the Green Bay Packers in the first place. Um, Lance Kendrick, I told you Lance Kendrick, I thought would be able to get into the end zone. Um, both of those um, tight ends over in uh, St. Louis played well. Lance Kendrick is the one who got into the end zone, but uh, Cook had five catches for 85 yards, so I think that's what you're going to see from that uh, um, uh, team, St. Louis, with both those um, athletic uh, tight ends getting in the mix. I also, in that game, told you to play Benny Cunningham, who had uh, 16 carries for 45 yards and also was in the passing game with uh, four receptions for 77 yards. He didn't get into the end zone, but uh, he gave you some nice numbers. Uh, if you played him in the flex or if you played him in the um, uh, RB2 position. Uh, he he gave you some nice numbers. So, and that was probably the only time that uh, unless someone gets hurt, Benny Cunningham is going to be uh, really really fantasy relevant. Relevant. Um, I'm trying to think about any other ones that were out there. I like the uh, uh, um, what I saw out of uh, the uh, um, wide receiver from New Orleans, Mr. Uh, Brandon Coleman. But like I said, we had some duds and we had some buds, guys we want to be buddy to going going forward in fantasy and, and duds that um, you have to rethink uh, if you want to play them or if they're big-time players, it happens, people. You know, like I said, when I first jumped in last week, I'm not perfect. I try to do, give you the best information and the best uh, analysis and um, – my best opinion on what I think may happen from week to week and game to game, but I'm human. Uh, there's no machine here. Um, and uh, I can only do so much, but I try to improve week to week as we get more information, as we get more data, uh, I'll be able to hopefully be more accurate with my um, analysis and give you extremely solid picks and uh, uh, I have one guy that I think is is, is uh, uh, not on anybody's fantasy radar, and due to circumstances and in, an injury to a top player, may emerge as a threat. When a game comes up, I'll let you know uh, what I'm talking about. All right, 
let's get into it right now. Now, everybody knows the scenario. I do not pick winners or losers. I pick fantasy uh, players and, and and sleepers and people I think you should get off the waiver wire on this show. Don't pick whether a team is going to win or lose. If you want that type of analysis, uh, listen to the FSP show on uh, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday when Vic and I go through each and every game. And uh, uh, he gets my he gets my opinion on who I think will win or lose uh, in, in each game, and uh, he also gives his. This is only the players that are relevant to fantasy. I'm going down each game. Quite naturally, I can't hit the Thursday game because that's over and done. But every other game, including Monday night, I'm going to try to give you my best analysis, my best opinion on what I think may happen. So here we go. First game out of the shoot, 1 o'clock, in, uh, um, and it's going to be in the Carolinas. The Carolina Panthers are hosting the Houston Texans with a new quarterback in Ryan Mallett, who replaced Brian Hoyer um, late in the game on uh, uh, last week and uh, threw for 98 yards and a touchdown with no turnovers. Like what I saw, this is a guy, people, that if you listen to my show, listen to the shows I were on, listen to the other shows in our, our, our family, FSP Crew Show, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday. Um, the FSP Show, like I said, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday. And also on uh, prior shows coming up to the um, this show. I, I uh, was touting Ryan Mallett. And I thought that, in my opinion, and I'm a fan, which is short for fanatic, um, that uh, Bill O'Brien was making a mistake when he named um, Brian Hoyer a uh, the starting quarterback of the football team uh, called the Houston Texans. Well, it took three quarters and some before uh, Ryan Mallett came into the game and it looked it, you could see the lift up in the team and I'm thinking that this kid only had two games two games that he started you don't have enough tape on this kid in my opinion you do not have enough tape on the kid to find out whether this kid is what you want or you have to go somewhere else there's plenty of tape on Ryan Mallett. I mean, excuse me, Ryan, Ryan Hoyer. There's plenty of tape on him. Look, just look at what happened at, in Cleveland. I know it was a dysfunctional situation, but if you're an NFL pro quarterback, given the situation, you should be able to overcome it. Okay. Um, difficult situations. And with a team with the talent that the, uh, Texans have, and I think they have a lot of talent, 
on both sides of the ball, even though they're missing their Pro Bowl uh, running back, who's going to be coming back soon. They have enough talent, and it looked like Happy Feet and Brian Hoyer is who he is. Backup quarterback, career backup quarterback. I haven't been mistaken about who I thought were backup quarterbacks yet. Josh McGowan, obviously the backup quarterback, in my opinion. Ryan Fitzpatrick, backup quarterback. Even though both those guys are starting right now, uh, if teams could get had a better choice, they would have they would have picked them out. But they they settled for Josh McGowan and Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you have a better quarterback, and I'm getting on a rant here, but I'm I'm going to cover all these games. Do it. Go with it. So I think Ryan Mallett, um, it, it's going to do well here. All right. Going to be about 86 degrees, mostly cloudy. And uh, let's get to the games. And, and get, let me get him off my soapbox, and let's talk about what I think is going to happen in the games. I think Ryan Mallett's going to throw for about over 200 yards. Uh, I think it's about 250, a couple touchdowns. Um, quite naturally, I think DeAndre Hopkins, who's the number one receiver, is going to show out. Now, I didn't talk about this guy, and I was remiss, especially with my team, that uh, uh, and and you should go out there and pick him up. Uh, he could be a decent flex, he, and, and but I would think it, it would be a in the right situation. Let me put it this way: uh, for a simple reason, I don't think Nate Washington, and that's who I'm talking about from the Houston Texans, is going to be a a consistent contributor in fantasy. Um. And that's why one of the reasons why I didn't name him, even though he he uh, uh, had 105 yards and six receptions last last week, which is really 16 points if it's in PPR, 10 points if it's uh, uh, standard. So that's that's pretty good for a wide receiver, especially in PPR. I think he can do something with. Uh, this defense. I think both of the wide receivers, this is how they're going to score. I think both these wide receivers are going to get into the end zone. Okay. Uh, Alfred Blue, this is a stiff run defense. Um, they need Aaron Foster back. They're going to be running by committee with Alfred Blue, uh, Chris Polk, and, and Jonathan Grimes. And uh, I don't expect any of those guys to do anything outstanding against the Carolina Panthers. Um, I think that the way they move the ball effectively, even though the Texans like to run the ball a lot, is through the air. On the other side, Cam Newton. Where in where's Waldo? Meaning, where was Greg Olson last week? One reception. I think he was targeted two or three times. One reception for eleven eleven yards. So in a PPR, you got two points. In the standard, you got one point. Some uh, uh, leagues, they got he got a big fat zero. With a team that has very limited wide receivers, or as you say, very li- limited receiving options. And when Greg Olson had his career gear last year, and you don't use that asset, and, he, and granted, they played the Jaguars. So the defense did a lot last week because Cam only threw for 175 yards. And I think he barely gets over 200 here. 
against this J.J. Uh, uh, J. Watt and company. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is, is getting more and more incorporated and, and more and more comfortable in the defense. This is the second game in, so they're probably going to ramp him up a little bit more. And I, I can see that Cam is going to be running for his life in this, uh, and I expect the uh, the Houston Texans to um, be all over uh, Cam Newton. And quite naturally, um, they're, they're going to want to run the ball. That's how they, they're going to be that much, that much effective. Even though I I I I, uh, I would think this from what Ka- Travis Kelsey did last week against the Houston Texans. I would think that because what happened last week with Greg Olson and not getting targeted that much and not getting any opportunities, he's going to be targeted early and often. That's his bread and butter. Cam Newton's got to realize that's his bread and butter, Greg Olson. I mean, Jericho Cotri scored last week. Um, but you have Devin Funches and Ted Ginn, a rookie who's unproven, and Ted Ginn with plenty of tape and uh, – um, He's a bud or, or 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 a dud. Let me put it that way. He's 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 either a, a, the greatest wide receiver going or um, he's the worst one, and you never know what you're going to get. So the play here is this: Jonathan Stewart. I would play Jonathan Stewart because I think he's a, a RB two here. Um, he's definitely a start for me. Um, I think he he can he can run the ball, and he's also gets the ball out of the backfield. And uh, I, I think that uh, that's ha- how they're definitely going to use him. So I would use Jonathan Stewart. I would definitely don't give up on Greg Olson. He's going to he's definitely going to um, put up, put up some fantasy points this week that you'll be happy with. And because of these two defenses um, are pretty stout, I wouldn't hesitate in playing either one of these um, kickers. Kickers are people too, uh, and uh, uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Um, and because of how stout these two defenses are, this, I would I wouldn't hesitate on using either one of them because I do believe they're going to get sacks on um, each other's quarterback. Ryan Mallett's not the most mobile quarterback, and Cam Newton uh, with the relentless. Um, pass rush of the Houston Texans is going down at least twice. They're going to get at least two sacks on Cam Newton. I can, I, I can, I can book it, book that. All right, enough time on that one. Let's move on to the next game on the docket, and uh, we'll bring it like this. These are one o'clock games, and then we're going to go to four o'clock, and quite naturally the the late night eight thirty game, and then um, the um, Monday night game. Next one o'clock game. Is a very interesting game for you for you Niner fans and for you Steeler fans. Steelers, I think, had over 500 yards of uh, offense last last week. 49ers shut down completely, shut down the um, Minnesota Vikings in the 49ers home opener. And Carlos Hyde broke out with 168 yards and two touchdowns. Does he do that this week? Well, let's talk about this for a minute. I don't think so. 
Don't think so. Now, I'm saying that he'll probably get into the end zone. He'll probably run for about 70 yards, 60, 70 yards, somewhere around there, and catch a couple um, passes out of the backfield. But is he going to have the monster day that he had against the Minnesota Vikings? The Pittsburgh Steelers, despite their dysfunction and and, and, uh, confusion on the defense when they were playing the New England Patriots last week, still have some pretty dynamic and and athletic um, linebackers. They play a 3-4, and uh, I'm, I'm extremely confident that the outside runs that Carlos Hyde was able to get on the outside because of those athletic uh, linebackers are not, he's not going to be able to do that. So quite naturally, you don't sit Carlo Hyde. You definitely got to play him. Uh, I would play Anquan Bolden. Um, he's a seasoned veteran and, and, and uh, Colin Kaepernick is going to be looking for him. I see the resurgence of Vernon Davis. You saw what happened to, uh, the Steelers, um, and I know Ron uh, uh, Gronkowski, excuse me, the Gronk and Vernon Davis are two different type of tight ends. Um, big tight end in Gronk, Vernon Davis relies a lot on his speed and athletic athleticism. So I'm saying this. You say what, so what Gronk did in the middle of the field in the tight end position, I'm thinking uh, Vernon Davis can do the same thing. And Colin Kaepernick, his best asset, if any, is not throwing the deep ball, but throwing short passes over the middle, easy passes, passes that um, are one and done, meaning he won't look and throw it to that spot. And those two two, uh, individuals I was talking about, Anquan Bolden, um, who is a uh, possession receiver, and – Vernon Davis, who roams the middle of the field, will be easy throws for Colin Kaepernick, and I think uh, Vernon Davis can get into the end zone and and have some good fantasy numbers. Torrey Smith. The Steelers know Torrey Smith from being the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't think he's going to be able to get loose and do uh, what Torrey Smith does best, and that's the, the nine route, the deep route, straight run. I don't think that's going to happen. So it's going to be Vernon Davis and Carlos Hyde that's going to have to help provide the offense uh, through uh, Colin Kaepernick. Is Colin Kaepernick a play today? No. Unless you're in a two-quarterback league, then you play Colin Kaepernick. Then you play Colin Kaepernick. Excuse me. On the other side of the ball. One more week. This week. Is, is the relevancy of uh, D'Angelo Williams. Le'Veon Bell is coming back next week. His suspension will be lifted, or, or will be over with, I should say. So only two, what was three games, it was re- reduced to two. This is the second week. Le'Veon Bell is going to be back next week. So if you have D'Angelo Williams, you play him this week. If you don't have any other, other uh, better choices in the running back position, you can even play him in the flex. And that's probably where he best suited against this uh, defense. And I'm still not um, 100% sold on the um, San Francisco 49ers. I want to see what happens when they go up against a 
stout offense, I mean, a, a prolific offense, and then the um, Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, on the road. So the the, the uh, challenge is this for the 49ers defense. Going on the road, defense is supposed to travel against a very good running team and a very good passing team and a big-time quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm playing Ben Roethlisberger up and down without a shadow of a doubt. Unfortunately, I'm not able, able, able to get him on any of my teams. But if I had him, I would definitely play him and be very confident playing their home opener, one to get back on a uh, one to, to get on a winning track and not go zero and two. The percentage of teams going zero and two, of getting to the playoffs, I think is about eleven percent. Going to the Super Bowl is a little more than one percent. So most teams that are zero and one right now don't want to go zero and two. Their chances of getting to the Super Bowl or even to the playoffs, believe it or not, is greatly diminished. So Ben Roethlisberger is a definite play. Um, D'Angelo Williams is a flex play, in my opinion. No no more than that, a flex play. Um, Antonio Brown, without a shadow of a doubt, he is, I wouldn't say matchup proof, but I don't care what matchup, you put him in there because he's proven over over the last few years that he can play against anyone and perform. Anyone. I like Keith Miller, too. You know, I would think San Francisco would be strong against the uh, um, tight end. But Ben Roethlisberger, one of his BFFs is, is um, Keith Miller, old, tried and true. Um, I think he gets double digits. And if they get near the end zone, it's a possibility he'd get there in the end zone. But I think he gets about six or seven catches, 50, 60 yards, somewhere around there. I, I do believe that. So if you don't have any better options, you're searching for a tight end. For some reason, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't win out on some of the other uh, tight ends I'm going to talk about. Don't, uh, don't feel bad about putting in Heath Miller. And because they're going to be home and because they're a prolific offense, I think Josh Scobie Josh Scobie is the uh is the uh, play here. Um uh, and uh, I the other players, like Wheaton, is too inconsistent. Martavius Bryant is still on a, a suspension. He'll won't be back until, I think, week four, if I'm not mistaken. He's on a three-game, three, three or four-game suspension. Um, but he, quite naturally, he won't be relevant until he comes back, and I th- do believe it's four games. I'm right about that. So he won't be relevant until after week five. Um, so Marcus Wheaton has got to, to get himself together and see if uh, he can – hold on to that number two wide receiver position. Um, he's at, at ample chances, um, but we'll see what happens. I would wait and see. If you grab Marcus Mark Sweeten, it's not time to dump him yet. It's not time to dump him yet. All right. Let's move on to the next one uh, on, in the, on the uh, 1 o'clock games. 
and it's the hapless Buccaneers visiting their division rival in 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 the Dirty Dirty um, in New Orleans, and uh, quite naturally they're playing in the dome in, in Bruce, Drew Brees's house. In Drew Brees's house, uh, quite naturally we don't have to talk about any weather conditions. In that, just talk about the game itself. Now, if you didn't miss out, and I had told you to grab this Austin for Safarian Jenkins last week, hopefully you did. Hopefully you put him in your lineup because he balled out uh, uh, to the tune of um, – okay, I know I had it written down here because I wanted to um, tell you what he did. And uh, he balled out to, um, there it is, five catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, I didn't think he was going to do all that, but hopefully you grabbed him off the waiver wire and put him into this lineup uh, because – the Saints' defense is extremely horrible, extremely horrible. And if uh, Daniel Fells can get four catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown, he was open a lot when the Saints played the Cardinals last week. I think Austin Severian Jenkins, with his height and Jameis Winston being who he is, a rookie quarterback, um, big target in the middle of the field in Jenkins, Severian Jenkins. Um, I like, uh, and I think they're going to be playing from behind. So I think uh, garbage points are good points too. So I'm thinking the Severian Jenkins gets about, I guess he, I guess he catches about the same amount of balls, less yardage and about 60, 70, 75 yards, somewhere around there and a touchdown. And you want that from your tight end. And I think he's going to be an every week play. Uh, you stay healthy in every week play. You got a young quarterback trying to establish himself in Jameis Winston um, and making safe throws to keep his confidence up. Austin Safarian Jenkins, big target in the middle of the field. Mike Evans is supposed to make his de- debut uh, without a shadow of a doubt. If he's, if he's able to go, you put him in your lineup. Jameis Winston had a report in preseason with Mike Evans. Um, I think he sorely missed him when he wasn't there uh, the opening opening game. So you play Mike Evans. With that being said, I think Vincent Jackson takes a uh, – not a backseat, but doesn't get into the end zone. I think he gets double digits in points in PPR. And um, I like that. I like – um, that, that, that two, that three-way combination of Jenkins, um, Jackson, and Evans. So that's what I'm thinking here. All right, Doug Martin. You know what the Saints are going to do? They're going to try to stop the run and make Jameis pass the ball. So, and, and I think that's where they think they can get the turnovers, um, preventing the run and, and having the young quarterback um, passable. 
So I'm saying don't play Jameis Winston. On the other side of the ball, um, I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness. Quite naturally, you're going to play Drew Brees. Quite naturally, you're going to play Mark Ingram. I think he definitely runs uh, uh, um, for 80, 80, 70, 80 yards, somewhere around there in a touchdown, uh, catching a few balls like he caught last. He caught career-high balls last week, Nine, I think nine catches for uh, – um, eight catches for 98 yards. I don't think he's going to catch that many out of there. Uh, C.J. Spiller is supposed to be coming back. So temper your expectations, C.J. Spiller owners. Uh, this is his first play back from knee uh, surgery. Now, as soon as I say that, what's going to happen? C.J. Spiller is going to go off. But he's just coming back, and he's not the most durable back. He's just coming back from from surgery. Okay, I know they put him out there so they think he's ready. I understand that. But I'm going to be. I'm going to side on the on the. Uh, I'm going to err on the side of caution here, and say that Drew he doesn't. He he gets incorporated in the offense, but he's not going to be a big part of it. I think still that Kerry Robinson and Mark Ingram are going to be big parts of it. Ingram being the mo- biggest part. But I like Brandon Cooks. Didn't do too much last week. Four catches for 49 yards last week, which isn't too much. I think he gets into the end zone um, and has uh, close to um, 70, 80, 85 yards, somewhere around that, about five or six catches. Like I said, a a touchdown to go with that. I think uh, another big target in Marcus Colson, maybe not as many uh, catches, four, four or five catches somewhere around there. Um, and like um, less yardage in 40 to 50 yards, I think he gets into the end zone. I think the guy who suffers the most from this, and I still like him, and there's always a chance because he's a big target, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I think it's somewhere around there, is the young player in Brandon Coleman. I like this kid, and uh, I think he he uh, uh, is the heir apparent to Marcus Colston. And... Uh, um, I wouldn't hesitate on using him in the flex if I have no other better choice in that, in the flex position. Or a wide receiver three. I know they want to run the ball, but Drew Brees and Sean Payton can't help themselves. They're still going to pass the ball. They're still a passing offense, too. So I like them. All right. Let's move on to the next game. Of one o'clocks, and that's the uh, very division game. Two teams that are looking for their first win um, helps determine uh, um, the pecking order in uh, the NFC North. Talking about the Detroit Lions visiting the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. What happened to Adrian Peterson and supposedly that big, big show out with the chip on his shoulder? Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was supposed to be this big-time guy, and he only had 10 carries for 31 yards. He caught three balls for 21 yards. So – 
five points in a PPR. Uh, eight points, I'm sorry, eight points. If, if you count the 31 yards he, he ran and the three catches for 21 yards in a PPR, that's eight points. Eight points from Adrian Peterson? Are you kidding me? And he only had um, 10 carries. Now, true, San Francisco was putting a whooping on the Minnesota Vikings, and the coach talked about game flow, which is dreaded because um, on the other side of the ball, Calvin Johnson only had um, a, a limited amount of touches, which was abominable that that uh, Calvin Johnson wouldn't get incorporated. He only had uh, two catches for 39 yards. Calvin Johnson, two catches for 39 yards. So on both sides of the ball, both coaches were talking about game flow, um, reason being they're, they're stud running back and stud wide receiver didn't put up any numbers. Well, you guys, coaches, coach from Detroit, the coach from Minnesota, guess what? You don't want to go 0-2, so, but somebody's going to go 0-2. But you better go 0-2 with with you using or, or putting your best players in a position to get the most touches and not get second-guessed on how come Calvin Johnson only got X amount of targets. How come Adrian Peterson didn't only got a certain uh, X amount of um, carries? So what I'm saying is this. Adrian Peterson fans, Calvin Johnson fans, don't fret because both of these guys are going to get used early and often when the offense is on the field. Early and often. There is no excuse for either one of these guys not getting involved. And I'm thinking Calvin Johnson gets five, six catches, 70, 80 yards, and he gets into the end zone, along with um, a dynamic rookie. Um, he He's being compared to, and dare I say it, Barry Sanders. I'm not saying he's Barry Sanders, but he he is one dynamic back. Uh, so that right out the gate, you saw what he looked like, and I'm talking about Amir Abdullah. Uh, I think Jake Bell is going to have to take a back seat because he, he's definitely um, not the, the skill set that Amir Abdullah has. And I think he has 80 yards and about a, t- a touchdown in there. It's also been able to catch the ball out of the backfield, dual threat, uh, and it, it's going to be um, challenged against his Minnesota defense. But I think he's up to the challenge. He's an RB2. Um, let me put it this way. He's a flex for sure. An RB2, in mid-range RB2, I, I love him. I absolutely love this kid, and I was able to pick him up on a couple of my teams, um, my fantasy teams, and, and I'm putting him in the lineup. Uh, like I said, uh, he is a mid-range RB2. Um, could be an RB1. Uh, you, you, this kid this kid is dynamite in a bottle, I'm telling you. And uh, 
You don't know what, what week is going to be the real big week. You know it's coming. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it's against a desperate Minnesota team that's playing home that's 0-1 and doesn't want to go to 0-2. So I, I'm saying Calvin Johnson was going to get into the end zone. I'm saying Golden Tate is not getting into the end zone. Um, I think he catched four or five catches for about 40 or 50 yards, and, and, and that's it for me. Uh, Eric Ebron, I think uh, he uh, had a good showing uh, last week. Um He had a good showing last week when he uh, um, had four catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. I think he gets about the four catches. I think he gets about the 40 to 50 yards. Um, not sure if he gets into the end zone. I, I can't guarantee the end zone. I'm guaranteeing Cameron Johnson gets into the end zone uh, um, uh, this week. I'm guaranteeing that Ab- Ab- Amir Abdullah gets into the end zone this week. I know they're going to be keyed on by the Minnesota Vikings but I still think they can overcome that. Uh, Matt, Matt Stafford is not the best of quarterbacks on the road. Um, I think he throws for a little over 200 yards, but I don't think it's going to be a great showing from Matthew Stafford. If you have a better option, go for it. On the other side of Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not, I, he's got to be in the same boat as Matt Stafford or me. Uh, I, I, I can't, uh, I wouldn't even think about starting Teddy Bridgewater until he shows you something better. Going to rely on Adrian Peterson. I'm telling you, uh, Detroit knows that. Detroit's got a pretty good defense. AP has showed well against the uh, uh, excuse me, Detroit Lions in the past, and I think he'll do the same here. 70 yards. Uh, he gets into the end zone, uh, and a um, couple catches. North Turner likes to get his running backs involved in the passing game too, and uh, not that he can't catch the ball, but he, he hasn't done that much in the past. But more and more, I think uh, he's going to get incorporated into the passing game. And I, I catch, he, he catches two or three balls like he did last week and for about 20, 30, 20 or 30 yards, which is a good day. If he runs about 60, 70 yards and a touchdown and he catches two or three balls, uh, which is about 20 or 30 yards, it's a good day. It's not a monster day, but it's a good day for AP. Um, I'm still liking Kyle Rudolph. Still liking Kyle Rudolph. Um, I think he, he I think he gets into the end zone with for Teddy Bridgewater. I think uh, um, Mike Wallace go get get close, get gets his hundred yards. Don't think he gets into the end zone. I still like Charles Johnson. This may not be the ideal matchup for Charles Johnson. Be be patient. Be patient. They're they're going to get Charles Johnson. I think that's their that's their best wide receiver. Um, he didn't have a, a good good showing um, out the gate, but I, I I'm saying that uh, they're going to get Charles Johnson involved. I know the, the Mike Wallace is a big ticket. He had six catches with 63 yards last week. Um, I, I still think he gets about five or six catches, maybe 100 yards, which is good, which is real good. Um, but I think Charles Johnson's got a good shot of getting into the end zone. I'm not saying I'm not calling it, but uh, um, they're going to get him more involved too because uh, he he would be an intricate part of the offense. All right, let's move on to the next one. We got about 46 seconds, and we are sponsored by FanDuel. I should say that, um, which is a good thing. Sponsored by FanDuel, and uh, um, 
and uh, uh, DraftKings too. I mean, we, we we deal with both of these. Uh, if you go to uh, um, the website of uh, SpotOnRadios.com, you'll see that uh, their banners are up there. Go on to the uh, Fantasy Foxhole, and you get my early season um, rankings. I'm going to be updating them probably uh, not week to week, but I'm going to be updating them probably uh, week every four games. So after the fourth game, the fifth week, I'll be updating them. After the eighth game, the ninth week, I'll be updating them. And then just before we go into the, for most people, the fantasy playoffs, I'll be updating them also. So we're talking about the fifth week, the ninth week, and uh, the 13th week is when I'll be updating my rankings for tight end, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. All right. Where were we at? Oh, we finished up with the Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions, and we're moving on to the next 100, excuse me, 100, one o'clock game, what happens to be the um, Arizona Cardinals versus the hapless Chicago Bears. And uh, temperature is going to be about uh, 69 degrees, somewhere high 60s, partly cloudy. And um, slight wind, windy city, slight wind. Talking about 16-mile-an-hour 16 16 winds, um, but not affecting the passing game all that much. And uh, uh, Carson Palmer, and I told you Carson Palmer. I've been touting Carson Palmer for the longest. And uh, he didn't disappoint me uh, playing against the um, New Orleans Saints. And uh, at home. He, he only threw for uh, 307 yards, 307 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, told you Fitz was going to be more effective. He never got into the end zone, but he had six catches for 87 yards. Uh, John Brown got into the end zone, four catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Daniel Fells, Bruce Arians' offense, never, ever, and I, where did that come from? Who knows? Throws to the tight end. Four catches, 43 yards. Uh, four catches, 82 yards, I'm sorry, and a touchdown. And then the rookie, David Johnson Jr., one catch, and he took it to the house for 55 yards. I can't can't pick, predict those two, two. To me, those two flukes. Fells, Daniel Fells, and, and David Johnson, um, both of them doing what they did and also getting into the end zone. I, I have to say that those were flukes in my opinion. But they're playing the hapless Chicago Bears, who, like I said last week, the defense hasn't improved. They're in a new defense um, with a new coach and going up against another high-powered offense. Last week it was the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. This week, home opener against the Arizona Cardinals. I expect them to try to put up a stiffer fight. It's best to be home opener. Um, and losing the way they lost last week, um, which is a pretty competitive game up until a certain point, uh, I think in the fourth quarter, mid-fourth quarter, um, when um, Green Bay pulled away slightly. 
going up against Carson Palmer and company. I, I'm thinking Carson Palmer is going to throw for close to 300 yards again. Couple touchdowns. If you have Carson Palmer, you start him. Plain and simple. He's one of the best starts. Excuse me. He's one of the best starts in the quarterback position for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best deep ball throws in an in NFL. And uh, he's got a plethora of weapons around him. Uh, Andre Elton got hurt. Uh, he would have had a better day last last week. I had told you to, talk, to play him. He did get 12 carries, 69 yards, and he did get into the end zone. But like I said, he got hurt. And Bruce Arians says, the rookie's not going to be my lead dog. Chris Johnson is. Yeah, Chris Johnson. CJ2K. Re- rebirth. Okay? Now I'm not saying he's going to run for 2,000 yards, but he's got a decent offensive line. Um, they must have saw something in Chris Johnson. They said he's still got something left in the tank. And they're going to play him as their lead running back. So I'm saying he gets about 70, 70 yards, give or take. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Johnson breaks off a big one. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not guaranteeing it, but it would not surprise me. Uh, I think the only get, way they get into the end zone here is through the air. It's through the air. Prolific passing attack. And the two guys I talked about before, in John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer has a report with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's numbers when Carson Palmer is in them have always been good. Consistent numbers. Uh, reliable receiver Carson Palmer trusts him immensely. And I'm saying Larry Fitzgerald gets five catches, 70 yards, 60, 70 yards, and gets into the end zone. I can almost lock that up that both these receivers, John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald, who have a, who both of them have a good rapport with Carson Palmer, um, not so much Michael Floyd, that they both get into the end zone and have roughly the same amount of catches and receiving yards. Decent wide receiver twos. High wide receiver threes. Mid-wide receiver twos. Um, they're going against a defense that is not the best. And I'm still saying, I still think, and I like this philosophy that I have. You had a, a very good offense that moves the ball up and down the field. Uh, at times they get stymied. If you have a decent field goal kicker, that field goal kicker is going to be in position to kick field goals. And I think Chandler Canazero will be doing that. So you play you if you need a kicker you want some you're not pleased with the kicker that you had Blair Walsh or maybe Josh Scobie. Now I, I already told you to play Josh Scobie, but in this case if 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 you have a better option Chandler Count is there. I think he gets about three field goals in here and that's uh, the scoring system that's valuable points that can help you win your fantasy matchup. So you play him on the other side. Alshon Jeffrey I don't think he's going to be playing. In this game, he had a setback in his injury, in his calf injury, and uh, 
I don't think he's going to be playing. If he is, he's not going to be too effective. The play here is Eddie Royal and Martellus Bennett. It's September. Martellus Bennett plays his best football in September. So you got two more weeks of Martellus Bennett playing well and then uh, look somewhere else for your tight end position or trade him away while he's still got some high upside for a better tight end if you can get him or or, or, or running back. Package him with something else and try to get a running back if you're low on running backs or a wide receiver, one or the other. The play here is Matt Forte, Eddie Royal, and Martellus Bennett. I don't have any uh, sleepers in any of these t- matchups yet. Okay? All right, let's move on to the next matchup of 1 o'clock games and move on to the Patriots. This is a great one, people. The Patriots meeting the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. In Buffalo. A lot of people are calling for an upset um, because of the defense and the, uh, of uh, the Buffalo Bills and how uh, tough it is going up against a uh, Tom Brady and company. Gronk still gets his. Gronk still gets his. Julian Edelman is a PPR machine. He still gets his. So he's he's a wide receiver too. Uh, eight catches. 80 or 90 yards, somewhere around there. I can't play LeGarrette Blount. First eight time back, I can't. There's no way. I can't play Deion Lewis, even though he may be effective in a, in a passing game. Uh, if you have no other option, you can put him in the flex, but I wouldn't trust him. That's it. I mean, Good offense, not able to move the ball. How about the field goal kicker? Put him in a position to kick the kick field goals. Steven Goskowski. Um, I can see him being um important, very important in this game, um, because of the defense that the Buffalo Bills put up. Now let's move over to the other side of the field where the Buffalo Bills will reside. Oh, and you gotta play Tom Brady. You got to take. He's going to be I'm telling you right now. He's going to be pressured. So, I, all I can say is temper your expectations. Even though Tom Brady has played well against Rex, Rex Ryan's team and the Buffalo Bills, but so he's going to throw for about 250 yards and a couple touchdowns. But he's a statue. He doesn't move that well. Buffalo Bills have a relentless pass rush. I like the Buffalo Bills to uh, um, put pressure on Tom Brady that uh, quite naturally is going to affect the way he plays. Let's move on the other side of the field, like I said. Tyrod Taylor. Now, he played well. He didn't throw for 200 yards, but he didn't turn the ball over. Being very efficient. He only threw the ball 19 times. He completed 14 of those, 495 yards, and a touchdown. But like I said, he had no turnovers or sacks. Now, what do you think the New England Patriots are going to try to do? They're going to try to pressure him. They're going to try to force the 
Buffalo Bills to put the ball in the air. I mean, they're going to try to um, temper LaShawn McCoy, who's still dealing with a hamstring, not at 100%. And uh, I can't trust him. I, I had talked to Victor earlier when he, when he had LaShawn McCoy. I said, he's got a hammy. Um, he's a running back. Hammies and running backs don't play well together. Don't play well together. Hammies, groins don't play well together. And I have to, you have to temper your expectations, even though this is a um, defense that the Buffalo Bills can run on. You got to temper your expectations because you don't know what kind of condition LaShawn McCoy is in. That being said, do you do you play Carlos Williams, the other running back, the backup? You just have to let that if that play out. Um, I can't play LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I can't play him because I'm sorry, I, I can't play him. Um, I, I hopefully I have a better option. If I don't, then I got to play him and, and and cross my fingers, cross everything that I can possibly cross that he doesn't get hurt and he gives me some decent numbers, which I don't think he would be able to. Um, if he gives you double digits, 10, 11 points, you're, uh, consider, consider yourself lucky. Percy Harvin had a decent game last, last week. He's going to be inconsistent. Sammy Watkins didn't catch one ball last week. I'm thinking Sammy Watkins is going to be involved in the defense, uh, offense early and often. And Charles Clay. Young quarterback, safe throws in the middle of the field. I think Charles Clay gets into the end zone. Four or five catches, 40 to 50 yards, and, and an end zone catch. And I'm saying that Sammy Watkins gets into the end zone too. I'm, I'm saying that I, because of simple reason. I don't think the defensive of the cornerbacks of the New England Patriots can hang with the wide receivers of the Buffalo Bills. So I'm saying Sammy Watkins gets into the end zone. All right, let's move on to the next game. And I'm wrestling with this now. And um, I'm not sure what decision I'm going to make. I have a choice of Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, or Ryan Mallett. And before the end of this show, I'm going to give you a decision on who I think I, I, I play in my one of my um, teams. Just think about that. I think I know where I want to go. Um, And uh, I'll let you know at the end of the show. All right. Let's move on to the next 1 o'clock game, which would be the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers, who took over 400 yards last week against the um,
against the Detroit Lions. Very good defense, and he threw for over 400 yards. Um, I was amazed at that. I thought uh, that once they, Detroit went up, that they would win it. Not. San Diego came back and, and took it from them. Now they're going from West Coast to East Coast. Big win to go on with uh, up against Cincinnati in their home opener. Big expectations. Everybody wants to have big expectations on, on the first game, the home opener. I still think Phillip Rivers throws for um, over 250 yards, a couple touchdowns. Still don't like Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think Danny Woodhead is, is the uh, play here. For those who um, grabbed De- Danny Woodhead, I think he's a definitely an RB2. Without a doubt, a high upside RB two, um, and uh, a flex, but a high upside RB two because uh, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball, but he's more prolific in catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, which Melvin Gordon, I think he still needs a little bit of time before he gets himself together. And um, Keenan Allen, who had 15 catches. Some crazy amount, 15 catches for 166 yards. Uh, I think he uh, does his thing again. Philip Rivers got a lot of confidence in in, in uh, Keenan Allen. I think he gets his five, six catches, 80 yards. Um, and um, the guy I told you about last week, and I'm still telling you about him, if you didn't pick him up, you're a fool. Um, yes, I said you're a fool if you didn't pick him up. Uh, because last week, last week, he has six catches for 82 yards, and he got into the end zone, and I think he does it again. Um, best quarterback he's playing with since he's been in the NFL, and I'm talking about Stevie Johnson, taking over Eddie Royal's place, take, really taking over Malcolm Floyd's place also. Uh, five catches, um, five or six catches, 60, 70 yards, somewhere around there, and I think he gets into the end zone. He loves him. Phillip Rivers loves Stevie Johnson. I'm telling you, trust me, they got a – tandem of Stevie Johnson and Keenan Allen um, that uh, Phil, Phil Rivers is in love with. And you got to play. Surprised that he did what he did last week. I'm talking about uh, um, Darius Green, who had five catches for 74 yards in the touchdown last week. Uh, I still think he gets his four or five catches. I still think he gets four or five, uh, 40 to 50 yards, but I don't think he gets into the end zone here. Um, I like the offense of the um, San Diego Chargers being able to move the ball up and down the field. Uh, They have a very good field goal kicker in Josh Lambeau um, that I I would grab. um, And I think he's going to be able to get two or three field goals along with the uh, extra points would give him a good fantasy day in double digits in the kicking and you can't go wrong. If you get double digits in your kickers Um, on the other side of the ball, come on, man. I'm not playing Andy Dalton. You can play him on your team. I don't like Andy Dalton. Never have, never will. I do like Jeremy Hill. I absolutely love Jeremy. In fact, they got a dual threat in here. One's more better. One's better. In, in the run game, 
versus the passing game. Both of them can pass the ball, but Jeremy Hill primarily, primarily the rushing, um, the the runner in the rushing attack. And I love Jeremy Hill. Um, I think he's going to get his bill, I meaning 100 yards. I still I think he's going to get his touchdown. But then you got Giovanni Bernard, who can run the ball, who spells Jeremy Hill from time to time, and also is involved in the passing game. And that's where he hit Forte is. So I get hit, see him getting five or six catches. He's in a uh, definite flex. Definite flex, without a shadow of a doubt. And you could probably put him in a low-end RB2, but he's a definite flex um, in this game. Uh, I, he, in the passing game, I see him catching a little flare pass out for a touchdown, five or six catches, 40, 50 yards, somewhere around there. Um, and Tyler Eifert, who would have thought that Tyler Eifert balled out last week, nine catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns? Well, you know, Andy Dalton's got, and, and the uh, uh, OC, Hugh Jackson's got a lot of confidence in Tyler Eifert. And I still think... He's the man to, to, to do to, to do what he needs to do here. Five or six catches, 50 to 60 yards, a visit into the end zone also. What's the deal with A.J. Green? Don't know. I'm not too confident in A.J. Green getting into the end zone here. I think he gets double digits in, in fantasy, especially in PPR, but I'm not too confident in A.J. Green um, and Andy Dalton. Safe throw is to the tight end, and Andy Dalton needs to keep his confidence up and have safe throws. And I think he does both throwing to Tyler Eifert. All right. Let's take a pause for, for the cause. I'm going to give you a, a, a couple of um, um, commercials for upcoming shows. And then we'll come back and uh, um, with more uh, predictions fantasy-wise. All right? Be right back. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. If you want to add a little spice to your talk radio, try No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, featured at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. Arguably, No Chaser is the most, shall we say, controversial show in the lineup. Let me give you a couple of direct quotes. If LeBron took a sh in the middle of the street in broad daylight, his Boy Scouts would say it's the greatest one ever. Here's another. Y'all dumb 
donkeys keep believing what Obama says. Just watch. This country is going to get worse, and I'm just going to sit back and say, I told you so. <clears throat> I can only assume this is why the show is called No Chaser. You can also visit fantasysportsandpolitics.web.com for archives, advertising, and other information. It's No Chaser with Mac Williams and Jerry Taylor. Information, motivation, variety. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash B-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. All right, people, we are back. All right, we're back here and uh, we're talking uh, fantasy football. Um, we're going to keep keep this going in the next matchup uh, up against two um, former Heisman Trophy winners, one who won it last year, uh, Marcus Mariota, and the one who won it two years ago uh, in Johnny Football. Three three years ago, I should say, three years ago in Johnny Football, meaning Johnny Manziel, meaning Cleveland Browns are hosting the. Um, Tennessee Titans with Marcus Mariota, who threw for four touchdowns and already made the record books in his first game. Like I said, he threw for first he he threw for four touchdowns in the first half, which was more than any player had ever recorded in their de- debut. Um, and he did it under a hundred and two. Under was uh, throwing for just under, not just under. He threw for under 250 yards. 209 yards he threw for. Uh, 13 out of 16. Very efficient. Um, and um, if you watched the game, you knew that he set out the fourth quarter because the game was already over. Now it was it's true against it was against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who was one of the worst teams in. Um, the uh, uh, last year, but it was a pretty impressive debut to say the least. Will he keep it up? I don't think he's going to throw for four touchdowns. I think he throws for two. I think he's a legit quarterback. I think Ken Win- Ken Wisnon is putting this kid in position to uh, give him the most confidence and, and succeed at the highest level. And uh, uh, so I see him throwing for two and two over 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, Cleveland can be run on. I'm surprised. Um, I was on a fence with Bishop Sinky, um and he ran for uh, uh, 74 yards last last week and had a touchdown. I think he can run for a little bit more this time and and, um, and get into the end zone because they're going to try to run the ball first before they put it in the air. Um, and I think that 
They, they're going to put it in the air, with, uh, especially with Kendall Wright. I think he's got a nice rapport with Kendall Wright. And I think uh, um, I know Joe Hayden is probably going to be on Kendall Wright. So he may not get into the end zone, but I think he catches enough balls to get double digits. Um, maybe wide receiver, wide receiver three, um, Kendall Wright. Um, I think Harry Douglas may be the one that uh, is going to um, not garner the amount of attention that um, Kendall Wright has and uh, be able to get that touchdown pass from um, from uh, um, Marcus Mariota. Um, haven't found out whether Delaney Walker, who had a wrist injury or hand injury, if he's going to um, is out, Delaney Walker is out. I just just saw it. Delaney Walker is out for Cleveland. So um, for those Delaney Walker um, owners, hopefully you have a alternative. Uh, he would have been a good matchup for um, week two, but he's not in. So Delaney Walker is not playing. So get them him out of your lineup and get a backup um, tight end immediately. All right. Um, On the other side in Cleveland. Really? Yes, really. Isaiah Crowell, he's the man. Um, Duke Johnson's going to be more and more incorporated into the offense, but Isaiah Crowell's going to be the runner. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't trust Johnny Manziel. In fact, play the Tennessee Titans defense. You got Johnny Manziel as the quarterback with limited weapons in Cleveland. Limited weapons in Cleveland. I know they're playing in Cleveland, but it's limited weapons. And I see the Tennessee Titans defense being a good play, possibly a double-digit play, interceptions, um, sacks that uh, they would be a good play this week. So grab the Tennessee Titans defense. I have a hard time going outside of Isaiah Crowell, of picking players to play from the uh, from the Cleveland Browns. So I'm not going to do it. And if I get burnt, so be it. But um, I'm not putting myself out there for the Cleveland Browns because I don't see any viable options other than Isaiah Crowell. All right, let's move on to the next 1 o'clock game because there's a bunch of 1 o'clock games and um, two more. And the Falcons and the Giants playing in MetLife Stadium. And if I haven't mentioned the weather, means the weather won't be a factor. Won't be too windy, no rain. So I'm not mentioning weather unless it's a factor. So we're talking about the Falcons versus the Giants in MetLife Stadium. Giants coming off a heartbreaking loss against the Green Bay, uh, excuse me, against the uh, the division rival Dallas Cowboys, and they, now they go up against the Atlanta Falcons, who play different on the road. Quite naturally, um, they're not as prolific as they were last week against the uh, Eagles. Now they play the, the Giants in MetLife. And uh, Giants are in trouble. Going up against another high-powered offense in uh, 
I like Matt Ryan a lot in here. I think he's going through a, a, a close to 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, I think the rookie, Kevin Tolman, is a flex play at best. Um, they're going to try to quite naturally uh, stop the running game. Kevin, to- Kevin Coleman looked pretty pretty good last week when he ran for uh, 80 yards out of 20 catches, um, and he caught the ball. Um, I'm sorry, not caught the ball, but he ran for 20. He ran for 80 yards with with 20 carries. Devontae Freeman is going to be also used in that, but not as much. I think they have their workhorse running back in Tevin Coleman. Where the uh, Atlanta Falcons make their money passing game. Now, Julio Jones is dealing with a leg injury, hamstring, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, if he plays, and I'm saying you got to play your studs, I'd say he – in this against the Giants secondary, he gets his hundred bills, he gets his hundred yards, he catches his six or seven catches, and he gets his he gets to walk in the end zone. I like Roddy White also in there. I think these two guys are, are um, going to I would say go off, but I think both these guys um, get into the end zone. Um, I, I like both of these guys to get into the end zone. Um, on the Giants side, I think Eli, I think this is going to be a shootout. Both these defenses, even though I think they they were caught by surprise, meaning Philly last week before they regrouped and were able to move the ball. Defensive minded coats in in, um, in, in uh, Atlanta had these guys jacked up for the home opener. Now they're on the road. Let's see if that defense travels. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout. And I think uh, what Matt Ryan does is just about what Eli does, throw for about 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, I think, unlike last week, Atlanta Fouls can be run on. And that falls on Rashid Jennings. Um, I think he gets about 50, 60 yards, and he gets into the end zone. Shane Vereen does his thing in PPR-wise. Um, I love Shane Vereen. It's an RB2, uh, in, especially in PPR. Uh, he's going to catch the ball quite a bit out of the backfield, uh, five or six catches, 50 to 60 yards, and with a visit into the end zone. Uh, Odell Beckham, I think he gets on track. Didn't play too well last week. Uh, he only had five catches for 44 yards. I think he gets um, just about that. Maybe a little bit more, six, six, seven catches. He gets his hundred bills and visits into the end zone. And there may be a Ruben Randall sighting. He needs to get his act together. He's on a con- he's in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. He needs to get his act together. And uh, um, so we're talking we're talking uh, uh, a sleeper level here in Ruben Randall and being able to be a uh, uh, wide receiver three or or flex, um, but uh, temper your expectations. You heard that before, temper your expectations. All right, let's move on. we got about nine minutes left in the show, um, and I'm going to try to end this at, at, on time. we got the Rams versus the Redskins. Very interesting. Rams defense showed out last week. 
got a quarter break uh, from the uh, Seattle Seahawks, walked away with a win at home from the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and uh, now they're, they're visiting uh, um, the uh, the uh, Washington football team. And uh, Trey Mason is supposed to be ready to go. Even though this is a stiff defense, um, I would have to think that uh, Trey Mason still gets about 40 to 50 yards, gets um, visit into the end zone. More dynamic back than uh, Benny Cunningham, in my my opinion, even though Benny Cunningham is a bigger back. Um, there may be a Todd Gurley uh, sighting. He uh, practiced um, this week. Uh, and uh, there's a shot that he may get a little bit of playing time. I kind of doubt it, but he's getting close, people. He's getting very close, very close. Um, that the Todd Gurley is going to jump in here. I like Nick Foles, not a starting quarterback, could be uh, two in a in two quarterback league uh, in, against the Washington Redskins. Um, I like Stedman Bailey. I talked about him last week. I'm talking about him again this week. I like Stedman Bailey in this game. Um, he's one of the best route runners on the team. Um, and uh, I, I like him to to catch four or five passes. Now, this is this is a sleeper alert here. If you're struggling for a wide receiver, you have nothing to lose. Why don't you put Stedman Bailey in there and see what happens? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And the uh, another uh, um, tight end that caught quite a few balls last week, five catches for 85 yards, didn't get into the end zone. The other tight end did. Jared Cook, um, I think can see him getting in low double digits, 10, 11 points, five catches, especially in PPR, five catches, five or six yards. I, I like him. I like him uh, uh, quite a bit. In Washington, you got Kirk Cousins. Let's move on from there. You got Alfred Morris. Let's move on from there. Uh, Alfred Morris is going up against this extremely difficult defense. I know you probably drafted him high, and I know you probably want to use him because you don't have any other choices, then you got to use him. Well, I don't expect a lot from Alfred Morris. 70, 80 yards, that's it. He's not a pass catcher. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I think the main guys, because – Deshaun Jackson is out. There's two guys in the passing game. One, Pierre Garçon, um, and I, he's going to get targeted early and often. So he's going to get about six or seven catches, close to the 100 range, 80, 90 yards. And also, Jordan Reed, as long as he's healthy, uh, he's a very athletic tight end. Um, pick him up. If he's on the waiver wire, if you don't have – Who did I say was out as a tight end? Delaney Walker. Jordan Reed is a very good pickup. Put him in. He's going to get targeted. Uh, Kirk Cousins loved throwing it to Jordan Reed. Safe throw right in the middle of the field. 
five or six catches, 60 yards, could possibly get into the end zone. And Dustin Hopkins, um, this is not a prolific offense, but it's an offense that should be able to move the ball a little bit on um, St. Louis. And being that it's a home game, that uh, they should be able to get their kicker in the range of kicking field goals. So Dustin Hopkins is a good option for um, two, three field goals. All right. So let's move on to another one o'clock game. I think this is the last one o'clock game. Um, No, four o'clock game. The uh, uh, Battle of Florida. Dolphins versus the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Each side of these teams have been talking smack. I saw a few things on Facebook from both Dolphins and the Jaguars uh, bragging rights within state. And uh, I talked talked about this kid last week. And he did very well last week. He had a um, – Punt return for a touchdown. He had eight catches for 53 yards. Talking about Jarvis Landry. This kid is a beast. Only getting better week to week. PPR machine in 2014 and nothing has changed. If your team, if your league rewards players for return yardage, whether it's kickoff return or punt return, then you're getting a bonus when you have Jarvis Landry because he's a punt returner. Eight catches, 60 to 70 yards. He makes another visit into the end zone, and hopefully he does his thing again in special teams. That's the added bonus that you have with Jarvis Landry. They'll be able to run the ball against the Jaguars. I'm talking about Lamar Miller. Didn't do too much last week. I expect him to do a little bit more this week. He only had 53 yards on 13 carries last week. I expect him to do uh, uh, closer to the 60 to 70 range and getting a visit into the end zone and catch a couple balls out of the backfield uh, for about 20 yards. This is a sleeper here, people. This guy, he played well um, last week, and I expect him to play well this week. I expect him to get double digits in fantasy points. Um, Wide receiver three. Um I, w- I wouldn't trust him on a flex, but this this kid fought to stay on this team, and I think he he he's 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 shown his worth. Five catches, about forty to fifty yards, sixty yards, somewhere around there. Rashard Matthews, um, and quite naturally, their uh, nice acquisition that the Miami Dolphins had in their tight end Jordan Cameron. I think he gets. Uh, a decent amount of receptions along with decent amount of yardage, about five to six catches, 40 to 50 yards. Uh, I like him a lot. On the other side of the ball, when are you running up against a stiff Miami uh, pass defense and pass rush? Blake Bortles is going to be in trouble with this pass rush with Dominic Sue and company. Um, Before I go any further, uh, we have about a minute and a half before we go into overtime. Um, I won't be going to an overtime too long, but we are going into overtime. If, we, if you want to hang with me, please hang with me. I'm going to go through every game, including Monday night, and then we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. All right, I don't like Blake Bortles in this game. I wouldn't even play, play him as a, a, a QB2. Uh, I think he's going to be too, under too much duress. 
and he's going to have problems getting the ball out. Uh, I think Denard Rob, excuse me, TJ Yeldon will be able to get 60, 70, maybe 80 yards. I don't think he makes a visit into the end zone. I think he gets double digits because he's also involved in a passing game. So I'm thinking he gets about 11, 12 points, somewhere around there. Uh, There's another kid on the other side, another Richard, um, that is starting to play very well, outplay the supposedly number one receiver. Uh, Richard Green I like. Um, I think he's going to catch – this is another sleeper guy here, guys here. Um, He played well last week, and I think he can play well this week. Uh, he had seven catches for 28 yards last week. It was a touchdown. Uh, I like Rashard Green, five catches, about 40 to 50 yards at least. Um, and now we're going to be into overtime. All right. And uh, also, I told you about this kid last week. I'm telling you about him again. I'll keep telling you about him until people stand up and notice. Allen, the other Allen, Allen Hearns, um, he had – Five catches for 60 yards last week outdid the number one receiver, which was Allen Robinson, who only had one catch for 27 yards. I see him doing the same thing here. Everybody's keying on Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns is going to run wild. I see him catching four or five passes, 50 to 60 yards, and making a visit into the end zone. Allen Hearns, um, I don't even think he gets double digits. Now, we'll see what happens um, come next week or to come at the end of this weekend. Uh, I'm making a bold prediction there, and, and uh, I like Richard Green. I told you about Alan Hearns already, but I, I told, and I'm telling you about Richard Green. I think I mentioned him last week. I'm mentioning him again, if that's the case. All right, let's move on to the 4 o'clock game, um, and that would be the Ravens and the Raiders. Now, this is the, the dilemma I have. I've talked about the Texans. I've talked about the uh, um, um, Buffalo Bills. And I, now I'm talking about the uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback in in, in uh, um, quarterbacks in uh, Joe Flacco, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Mallett, Joe Flacco. Who am I going to take in this mirage? Uh, uh, I should say um, in this conundrum of quarterbacks. Um, who do I take going against Bo- um, Oakland? With uh, uh, Joe Flacco, um, Tyrod Taylor, and his upside going up against the New England Patriots, or Ryan Mallett going up against the um, both uh, going up against the Carolina Panthers. Joe Flacco is on the road. Tyrod Taylor is home. Ryan Mallett is on the road. Hate to be a homer, but I'm going to be a homer here. I'm going with Ryan Mallett. I think Ryan Mallett is the one to take here. Uh, I, 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 I I really like the upside of this kid. Um, I'm not feeling Joe Flacco, especially second second time on the road. I'm not feeling Joe Flacco at all. Um, and so, even though the, I think that the Baltimore Ravens will probably win this game handily, um, I think they do it mainly on the ground and in special teams um, because I can't get too excited about Kamir Aiken. I can't get too excited about Marlon Brown. I can't get too excited about uh, Michael Campanero, and I can't get too excited about Steve Smith. 
Um, this is Mark Tressman. So I can get excited about Justin Prosette. I think he bounces back from his showing last week and, and against the Denver Broncos and rushes close to 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mark Tressman offense, he likes to get the running back involved in a passing game. I think he catches about four or five balls for uh, 25 to 30 yards, um, which is a nice outing for Justin Forsett. And uh, I think um, little known, and, and this is another guy, if you don't have Delaney Walker, pick this guy up. Um, very little that is uh, uh, talked about this guy, but Crockett Gilmore. Yes, Crockett Gilmore. I think he has a strong possibility. He has a decent game in here with a visit into the end zone. Crockett Gilmore. Remember I said that. On the other side of the ball, we have the Raiders. Now, this is supposed to be a stout run defense, but uh, he was also involved in the passing game quite a bit. And I'm talking about Latavius Murray. Um, Latavius Murray last week had uh, 11 carries for 44 yards, but he had seven catches for 36. I think he still, I think he duplicates that again. He had about 40 to 50 yards and about uh, six or seven catches for uh, for um, 40 to 50 yards. I still like Amari Cooper in this. I don't think they can hang with this kid. Um, uh, I think he gets visit into the end zone. I think he gets his first visit into the end zone. Um, it won't be easy, um, and I'm probably calling for the only guy to get into the end zone. Uh, it's going to be difficult if um, Matt McCoy – Matt McGloin is the uh, quarterback. Um, and, uh, but I think uh, Mari Cooper gets into the end zone. All right. Let's move on to the next four, one, four o'clock game, I should say, which would be the last four o'clock game. And last but not least, it would be the Cowboys versus the Eagles. I'm thinking shootout, shootout. Got to be a shootout in this two guy, two teams. Um, I think the defense of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles a little better than the um, Dallas Cowboys. No Des Bryant supposed to be out. Now, I have a sleeper here. And I really like this sleeper. And um, let me put it this way. The Cowboys traded a seventh-round pick to the Raiders for Bryce Butler. I'm thinking this. They have a fifth-round pick in Devon Street. One of these guys is going to ball out. One of these guys is going to ball out. Bryce Butler just got to the Cowboys, so I'm thinking Devin Street. Grab Devin Street. Remember when I said that? Grab Devin Street and then pay attention to the practice of the Dallas Cowboys and see if Bryce Butler comes up, gets up to speed. They just got him, so I imagine he won't be – if he plays, he won't play that much. But I like Devin Street. Supposedly, Des Bryant is going to be out at least 10 weeks. That's most of the fantasy season. At least 10 weeks with a 
fractured foot, screw, whatever they put into it, bone graft, at least 10 weeks. A dynamic player, a beast of Des Bryant's magnitude, at least 10 weeks. So they need another wide receiver to step up. When naturally Terrence Williams, you got to play him. If you have him, if he was on a waiver wire, he shouldn't have been. You play him. Jason Witten's going to be involved in the passing game. Quite naturally, that, that's a no-brainer. Cole Beasley is, is, is a will be good in PPR. He'll, he can be a flex. He can be a, a wide receiver three because he, he, Cole Beasley is a slot receiver. Plain and simple. So Tony Romo is going to get Cole Beasley uh, uh, looks. The, the running game is a mess. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, and I'll keep telling you. The three running backs, even though Lance Dunbar played well last week, he did a lot of passing game, um, is a mess. Grab Christian Michael and put him on your bench. Grab Christian Michael and put him on your bench. Out of all three of these running backs, in my opinion, Christian Michaels, is, when he gets up to speed, will be the man. Will be the man. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's walk to the other side of the field. Philadelphia Eagles are playing. Um, I'm not a too big on Sam Bradford here. Um, I think he, he throws for close to 300 yards and uh, possibly two touchdowns. I think DeMarco Murray goes off here. I, they they have to be able to run the ball and they have to get him involved more than eight catches for nine. I mean, eight carries for nine yards. True, he caught two touchdown passes. I mean, true, he was able to score two touchdowns, but his stat line is horrible other than those, than those two touchdowns. And that's what saved fantasy owners from uh, committing suicide um, because they grabbed DeMarco Murray early. He had two touchdowns, eight carries for nine yards, and he, and I don't know what to tell you. I think he goes off here. I think he gets in the end zone a couple of times. Um and Darren Sproles catches a couple balls. He's, Darren Sproles is great. He went off last week, and I expect him to do the same thing this week, Darren Sproles. Nelson Aguilar gets involved. He was a no-show last week. He gets involved early and often in this. Jordan Matthews is the stud here. He gets uh, six or seven catches, 80 yards, um, and, and that's, that's, that's with that. All right, let's move on to the next game. I'm trying to get this done as quick as possible. Uh, we get to the 8:30 game, uh, uh, um, a replay of the NFC Championship where uh, the Packers lost and the Seahawks went to the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, now they're playing in Lambeau. And um, payback – you know what payback is. You know what payback is. And I got to think that with no camp chancellor, that the Seahawks are a little bit more vulnerable and that the Packers want to take full advantage of that. 
With that being said, I think Russell Wilson uh, and that line, that offensive line is not that good. Protecting Russell Wilson, he's going to be running for his life. I think they're going to put pressure on Russell Wilson. And uh, um, what they, what the Seattle Seahawks like to do is run the football. I think in, against the uh, Green Bay Packers, Marshawn Lynch can run for his hundred yards or so. He he get his, his touchdown in the end zone. Uh, you know they're going to use Jimmy Graham. That that they didn't bring him here to to be a blocker. So he catches his five or six balls and gets into the end zone. And uh, the wild card here is Tyrell Lockett. And he's involved in the special teams um, and, and gadget plays. Uh, they're probably going to try to do that with him. Uh, I can't guarantee that it's going to happen. As the year goes on, I can see Tyrell Lockett get more and more comfortable in the offense and being used more and more, uh, more effectively. Uh, but not not this week. On the other side, I, I see the Seattle Seahawks wanting to get after Aaron Rodgers quite naturally. I don't think he throws for 300 yards. I think, think he throws for a couple touchdowns. I think Eddie Lacy is able, able to get in the end zone run, running the football, catching a few balls out of the um, backfield. Demonte Adams wasn't used that much last week. Um, they have a lot of weapons. Uh, and I think Devontae Adams and Richard Rodgers – get into the end zone this week. Randall Cobb and James Jones are going to be heavily uh, covered, and that's going to be the uh, um, downfall of the Seattle Seahawks because Devontae Adams and Richard Rodgers are going to be able to do their thing. Um, and I think both of them are, take a trip into the end zone, um, three or four or five catches, somewhere around there, 40 or 50 yards, and a trip to the end zone. All right, we got one more game that we want to go to. Um, and it is the Jets against the Colts. And uh, for all you Andre Johnson fans, um, you're, going, you're going to take a visit back to Revis Island. Because uh, I think that the um, – Dante Monk, excuse me, that, that T.Y. Hilton's not going to be play. Um, and for those who don't know, um, Mike Evans is officially active. Alshon Jeffrey is inactive. That means that you're going to get more work for uh, Eddie Royal, who I've been touting for the last two weeks. Um, I already told you about Delaney Walker. He's out. So go grab a tight end. Uh, I suggested Richard Rogers for one. I also just suggested Jordan Reed for another. Um, Todd Gurley uh, is inactive for this week, like I had predicted. Um, Trey Mason is going to be the uh, featured running back with a backup in Benny Cunningham. Um, he likely back, when I'm saying likely back, or likely get his first start, meaning Todd Gurley, in week three. Okay, um, and like I said, C.J. Spiller is going to make his de- debut with the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, in, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let's get back to the Jets against the in- Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts played a tough defense last week. Um, they're in for another, but they're home this time against uh, the Jets. 
I see Chris Ivory being able to, to get his um, one bill, 100 yards. I see that happening. Um, and I see um, Brandon Marshall getting his uh, getting a visit into the end zone. Uh, I don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I told you this earlier and often. I told you I don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think the passing game, even though as well as it played last week, is going to struggle a little bit this week. Uh, that's how Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's um, he's very inconsistent. Uh, the only consistent play I can give you here would be um, Chris Ivory. Um, I, I can't trust the Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. I know I'm bailing out on those guys, but I can't trust them. Um, on the other side of the ball, like I said, uh, Andre Johnson is going to visit Revis Island. Um, I'm thinking 10 points in a PPR, meaning four or five catches, four catches, 60 yards, or five catches, uh, um, um, 50 yards, what, something like that for Andre Johnson. Um, I think the same thing for Dante Moncrief. A lot of people are putting Dante Moncrief into the lineup thinking he's going to give you T.Y. Hilton numbers. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think uh, Philip Dursett may be the wild card here. Uh, and I can't – like I said, it's – he's a rookie, and I know he's with Andrew Luck. Um, he could ball out, but he's tough to, tough to put into the lineup and, and trust. I like Dwayne Allen. That's the mainstay for uh, Andrew Luck. They get near the goal line. Dwayne Allen is getting a look, and I think he gets into the to the end zone. Um, with that being said, uh, I think we're out of here right now. Uh, hopefully, I've helped you. Um, and uh, as we get further and further, I'll be able to give you more sleepers, uh, more guys to take off the waiver wire, um, and, and more guys that – probably not on the waiver wire still. Um, and and uh, I do like Zach Hawker as, as a kicker. Um, I think they'll be able to score double-digit fantasy points in, in week two. Um, I already talked about Danny Woodhead. Um, and uh, Talked about Brandon Coleman. Talked about Cole Beasley. Talked about Tyler Lockett. And I also clued you in on um, Richard Matthews, um, Devin Street. Uh, I'm telling you, Bryce Butler or um, Devin Street are going to be a surprise in fantasy. One of those guys out of the Dallas Cowboys wide receiving core. Someone has to play on the outside. Cole Beasley is a slot receiver. One of those two guys have to step up and play on the outside. So pay attention to what happens today. I'm thinking Devin Street because the fact Bryce Butler just got there. Pick up Devin Street. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I think he's going to be a surprise. Inconsistent last week. Um, getting thrust into the game. I think he he should play put better. He should play better with a little bit more trust from Tony Romo. That being said, um, enjoy the weekend. Some hell of a good matchups. Um, hopefully uh, you uh, win your fantasy matchup and uh, either 2-0 and or 1-1 and, and feeling good about your team. 
or having to make adjustments. With that being said, all I want you to do is all I want you to do is win. Tune in next week, same time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be uh, talking to you then. See ya. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.